Hey, how are things? This is Mark here and welcome back to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you would like to contact the podcast, as always, it's clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to donate to the podcast, it's paypal.me forward slash clockworkjunkie. My guest on the show today is Connor Shine. Connor, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Not too bad. I just... Uh, Connor has, uh, we've moved into a different room. We, I was chatting to Connor beforehand and the internet kept breaking and we're hoping that the internet mightn't be too bad now. So bear with us if it freezes for a few minutes. Um, Connor, you were you were said that you're just back from work. Where do you work? Yeah, I am working with a startup company down in Galway. It's a, an engineering company. So I'm there a couple of months now, mostly working from home at the moment. So it's kind of just yeah, been getting well, used to doing yeah. that. What do you make, or is it hush hush? Uh, it's kind of protective headgear for sports and stuff. So you're an engineer. Kind of sporty engineering. <laughs> Where did you study? NUI. Yes, yeah, NUIG for for uh, the longest time. <laughs> How long is the longest time? I think it was in NUI Galway for nearly ten years for the full the full length of it. Whoa, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time to be studying for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, you must be dedicated anyways. Uh, I'm glad to be out working now, kind of, you know, got a taste of the real world. It's a yeah. nice change. Well then, <clears throat> even if you are, you're working from home, it's a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. You, go, yeah, like, you, you go to college for 10 years, then finally you get a job that you want, uh, working in the field that you want, and now you're fucking still at home. Crazy. Yeah, fingers crossed things improve, though. I just, oh, I know it's been a tough year for everyone. <clears throat> so, you're originally from Athlone, I'll assume. My yeah. hometown, Athlone Town, the big smoke. But uh, so look, I suppose, can you tell us a bit about yourself? And we kind of get into the crux of the podcast then. Who is Connor? Yeah, uh, so I was in uh, school with your sister, Laura Mark. Um, and that was Laura that I got in touch um, with me about the podcast and speaking on it. I won't hold that against you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to Summerhill Secondary School in Athlone. And then I moved down to college uh, in Galway in 2010 I think and uh, over the last couple of years say the last four or five years I've been um, on a bit of a journey with my uh, with my gender and uh, it was I think last November that I posted on Facebook and came out as um, transgender and non-binary so I think being able to share that with I know it's the world that we live in now you know Facebook is kind of and social media it's such a thing that mm. you kind of need almost to give yourself breaks and stuff from it but I was very apprehensive about sharing it online for a long time and then I kind of was like no I like do you know I'm quite really happy in myself and who yeah. I am so I want to update my friends that I haven't seen you know your friends and family that you don't keep yeah. up with much but you keep in touch with them on Facebook so it was definitely the best like platform for me to be able to share it with my friends that first of all I was changing my name to Connor because that was um that's probably about a year now I've had it legally changed so okay it's been great and then also to share the the pronouns i use as well which are uh they them or he him okay i kind of i think my gender is quite fluid uh it took me a really long time to accept that i think for a while i was trying to nearly fit myself into a box of no you have to use these pronouns you have to i suppose for being trans and identifying as trans masculine 
definitely along the early stages of figuring that out I was kind of almost putting pressure on myself to be a man or be really masculine and then as I understood myself better it was kind of knowing more gender fluid or kind of non-binary is probably the best way to describe it yeah and I suppose um you said it was last year when you put it on Facebook yeah it was last November I think and was it a fear that um of the response was a fear of rejection was a fear of what was what was the fear? A stupid question. I know most of the answer already, but what was the fear of pu- putting it up on Facebook or on social media? Yeah, I think a lot of it kind of was driven by fear and um, anxiety around how people, in particular, family members, extended family members, and stuff would react. Um, yeah, because yeah, I've I think the last while uh, I've seen there tends to be a bit of hate online for. Uh, not just trans trans people but also towards LGBT plus people so I think that was something that had kind of made me quite nervous about it and then I also think I hadn't really fully had the conversation with all of my family so I wanted to be able to share it with my family first say my cousins and my siblings before I I posted it online there's a obviously you can only worry about your own situation I, I get that but there's a lot of hate online about everything people are just absolute Neanderthals um They'll, 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 they'll hate on everything you know um i think people in general like they should um you know not really worry about online hate i know it's a stupid thing to say but um it's the people that are writing it are just so unintelligent so ill-informed absolute clowns like i get abuse from the podcast on from emails all the time all the time but mm. everything i yeah. say but like, I don't give a fiddler's fuck. I couldn't care less at all because I know that I'm trying to do the right thing. I know that I'm a good, well, I think I'm a good guy. And like, if 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 99, if 95% of people think that and if five don't, that's brilliant odds. I'm very happy with it. I'll take that every day. Um, <clears throat> but I do understand why you'd be afraid or why you'd be, I suppose, apprehensive. So growing up in Athlone, I suppose, at what kind of age did you think that maybe perhaps you didn't fit in any of the boxes? Um, I think probably kind of looking back retrospectively on it over the last while, uh, I definitely think I had like those sort of feelings from like the age of maybe four or five, where I was like pushing out against my gender that was assigned to me at first. I, that when I was smaller I was seen as a girl that I was pushing out against that in that I hated wearing dresses like like I wanted to run around with short hair I kind of I know they're kind of the stereotypical things but they're things that have like stuck in my mind or that I've remembered and then I think as well in uh, primary school and secondary school I uh, missed a lot of school because I was in and out of uh, Temple Street over say maybe eight or nine years so I think kind of being out of school and then going back in and feeling that I'd missed out on stuff I almost I think I attributed it to that that feeling of not fitting in that I didn't fit in with my peers and my classmates Mm -hmm. I kind of attributed it to being sick and being out of school or missing it's almost like I kind of came back and I was like oh I missed lessons on how to be a girl again the podcast has seemed very disjointed don't worry about it I when it comes out it'll be just straight fluid the whole whole way through we'll be like two sage people having a conversation so So you were four or five um, when you realised that you didn't fit into one of these two boxes. Um, 
you missed a lot of school. I actually missed a lot of school as well when I was younger. I hated it. And every time I went back in, um, I, I couldn't have felt more detached from everybody else. It was unbelievable. Um, so I can mm. definitely see how you attributed that to not feeling um, to, to feeling slightly different than the people that was there. Um, <clears throat> why did you miss loads of school? You're in Temple Street. Yeah, when I was younger, I had, um, uh, it was kind of a random thing. I had uh, problems with my kidneys and that I'd get, uh, say I'd have a sore throat or I'd get an infection and it'd end up usually in kidney failure. So I was on dialysis a couple of times as a kid. Okay. Okay, yeah. So you were doing that, then you were heading back into school then and they were all, there was lessons you didn't know and stuff you, and, and kind of feeling the way you felt anyways. And then this on top of it, I can see that it probably wasn't. And did you ever suffer from mental health uh, during this time, like from an early age? Yeah, definitely. I think kind of, uh, again, looking back, I suppose I've recognised anxiety in myself, probably from the age of like 11. I think I, I think probably I think it probably coincided with say puberty that when like my feelings of like not fitting with my gender probably got a lot stronger um, and I definitely suffered with anxiety. I remember I played a lot of sports and I remember one time having to come off uh, during a soccer game because I was like really out of breath and breathless and uh, which I now realize was a panic attack. But when I went to my GP the next day, they told me that I was um, unfit and that I needed to work on my fitness. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, you know, and it's not a, I, I'm not saying anything bad about GPs, but I suppose p people can only go with the information they have at the time. Um, and I suppose mm, that's yeah. what the GP was doing. But nonetheless, it's that's still part of your story. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, your, your kidneys are bad, you're not doing too much school, you're not sure whether you're, which, which, um, uh, which box you fit into um or if any i suppose and then um so when you finish up in summerhill then what age do you finish up secondary school is it 17 or 18 would have been 17 yeah i turned so, 18 when i moved down to galway so it was my first week of college it was my 18th and by that stage where were you as in terms of i think that stage um, sorry, I think I was very much in the closet with myself in terms of, okay. uh, first of all, identifying as LGBT plus um, and then ident as identifying as trans non-binary. I think I pretty much just shoved Connor down into a box um, around about, say, mid-teen years. Um, I discovered uh, the, you know, the benefits of like alcohol and going out with friends and stuff and that you could like switch your mind off and I have to think about all these things. So I did that very successfully and I'm like was just constantly trying to fit in with friends and like you know mm. do what everybody around me was doing which first year in college in Galway that involved like going out a lot and like you know kind of just doing what was I suppose expected or typical yeah um, and then I think my mental health I started to suffer during the late years of my undergrad and kind of started to figure out more kind of come to terms with stuff then yeah like there, there's there's so much like you've said so far that I, I, I want to get back to all of it because um, there's a lot of questions that people will be having that I know that are watching this podcast and I, I want to get back and address them all. But for the time being, I just want to kind of, if, if it's okay with you, get us up to where we are here today and then we go back and address everything. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, 
you were down, you were in NUI, you were trying to fit in with everybody completely on her first year in college, 18 years of age, completely understand that. Um, your mental health was suffering because essentially you were being an avatar of who you really were. That's, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> I know that a lot of people um, go around living life in an avatar state. Um, a lot of them end up getting depression a lot of them end up killing themselves. Um, I probably was in an avatar stage um, for anyone, everyone on this podcast knows, but anyone I suppose who's coming from Connor's friends, I had depression for 10 years. Um, I got over it myself. Um, I could have killed myself and I didn't. So I know fucking hard times. I know what mental health is like, but you do almost live like an avatar that you're not your real self. You kind of feel like you're just, like you're turning up, you're doing what you're doing, um, but you're not happy, you know, and nearly when you get home behind closed doors and you just go, oh, I can relax now for the first time in ages, you know, of, of the, the whole day. And I think an awful lot of people, that happens to an awful lot of people. And that sounds like what you're saying as well. Mm-hmm. And how, when you find it. Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, go on. I was just going to say, I think myself I was very much in the closet like I hadn't even allowed myself to think uh the unhappiness that I was feeling and the discomfort that I was feeling might be something I just kind of nearly accepted it yeah that must have been so hard so hard like you know like I know from having depression how hard it is when when you don't feel yourself or when like it's 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 an absolute nightmare And and at all times when I had depression I knew that I was trying to get out of depression I was trying to help myself I was but like at this point, you didn't even have that because you, you like, I suppose mm-hmm. you then, if you had seen yourself now, would probably be so proud of yourself. But at the time, you probably didn't know what way I was going to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think at the time I was kind of just really focused on like fitting in and like, you know, almost yeah. appearing happy to everyone around me it's like as you described it really well like being an avatar being on a performance or acting kind of yeah when did you decide that enough was enough um I think it was kind of a gradual process uh kind of coming figuring out uh my my gender I think initially I came out as a lesbian in um god 2012 2013 so I came out as like being gay or like you know I'd like dating girls mm. and I'd, I'd read so much of stuff about like coming out as like as and like how freeing it is and how much of a relief it is and while I had come to the realization that yes I, I do like women and I do like dating girls I never had that sense of relief or that sense of oh this is this is it mm. this is kind of me being myself it was almost just like it was like a small bit of relief but it was still and it actually got even I suppose kind of more significant the heaviness that was like weighing on me and the discomfort that I had because I was still suppressing I think a really big part of my identity so it was kind of around 2014 2015 I'd started to notice small things like I'd be kind of really uncomfortable again really uncomfortable like always wearing like dresses or like heels but I just did it because it's what people my age did and kind of what my friends group were doing and stuff and then I noticed like if I was wearing makeup uh I'd almost nearly feel really, really anxious. And it would sometimes I'd like, you know, almost have to like stop and take a breath or I'd like, like suffer mm. an anxiety attack. 
And it was kind of just from notes and these small things and putting the pieces together that I think it was 2015, 2016, I had that light bulb moment of what if I'm trans? What's all these things that are pointing towards and telling me? And it was because I think a lot of my good friends in um, the LGBT plus society in NUIG, there was a lot of, say, friends I had that are trans and non-binary and still do, still keep in touch with a lot of, quite a lot of them. But I to that and knowing that it was a thing really helped me figure it out. And it was also kind of nice to identify the unhappiness and the discomfort I'd felt as a child, especially through puberty and stuff with like, you know, physical changes and kind of, I always kind of pushed it down as just me being unhappy. And that's just how it should be, kind of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's like, I mean, look, it, it's, it's hard enough growing up as it is, you know, when you come into puberty where they identify as a man or a woman. And even for me, like it was fucking, once you come into puberty, all hell, all hell breaks loose, you know? I can't even imagine what it was like for you, you know? It must have been an absolute nightmare. Um, and then of course, to add to all of that, um, you know, it's this, uh, you know, non-binary or, or, you know, gender fluid. Maybe it was known a lot back then, but I certainly wasn't hearing an awful lot about it. And you probably weren't either. Um, so how can you identify as something if you don't know it exists? Um, and it must yeah. have been very like a prison where there's these two boxes, you know. Um, that's something that I, I you know, look, <clears throat> some people that are listening to this podcast won't know what non-binary is. The majority of people will. Um, I, I'm going to let Connor say what it is, but I just want to give my tuppence on it. Um, I'm a man, I'm a straight man, so I have to look at things in kind of like Tetris in blocks. So, to explain, so look, when you're born, if you have a penis, you're a man. If you have a vagina, you're a woman. That's binary. There's two of them, like binary stars. If you're anything else other than that, anything, you're non-binary. Simple. Now, there's millions of different types of non-binary. Of course there is. The question, I suppose, Connor, that people will be asking is, how can someone not feel like a man or not feel like a woman? How can someone like to do woman things and sometimes man things? Like the man is supposed to go out and he's supposed to get the job and play sports and get into fights and drink and be a gallifanter. The woman's supposed to want to be a mother or supposed to want to have kids and clean the house. And did you ever hear such harsh shit in your whole life ever about anything? I mean, that isn't the case, like, you know, if you look at it this way, I mean, like, look, like, I'm 43 years of age. When I was growing up, I didn't only want to go fighting and hunting and drinking. Um, like, I, I, could, I could sit down now, for instance, now in my life, and I could sit down and I could have, like, I could be even, even myself now, I can be interested in what's considered girly stuff. If I'm having a few cans at home. I could sit down and listen to Metallica or Sepultura or Oasis. I could easily sit down and listen to the night for Celine Dion and and uh, and uh, Kelly Clarkson. I absolutely love it because even like I'm a man, I'm for, I have great emotions in me. I'm very emotional about different things. So does that make me in any of the boxes? You know, like these two boxes are people have to get it into their head to think male and female, penis and vagina. Fair enough, you lager up. Only women can have kids. Yes, of course they can. But we're not talking about it's not a 
biology thing. It's a heart. It's a mind. It's your soul. It's how you feel. It's the essence of every single sinew of a person that you fucking are. That's what it is. That's what it is. And you can't pinpoint that into one thing. Like, I mean, if if that's the case, then I'm not a man because I don't like doing 90% of stuff that men do. And I don't like doing 90% of stuff that women do. I do what Mark McCormick likes to do. Do you know? That's it. So I can understand why there's a big hullabaloo because people are coming out saying, oh, I'm non-binary and all that. We just have to fucking get with it. That's it. Just get with it. That's the way it is. End of story. There's no... um. There, there's no fucking great mystery to it. There's, there's no, there's, there, like you know, it's, it's if you don't fit in the box that are the male or female, they're binary. Everything else is non-binary. Everything else. And if a person wants to go goes by they, them, or whatever, just fucking ask them and they'll tell you. And that's it. And it's done. One last thing. People say then, well, how do you approach someone? How do you say they, them? Listen, if somebody calls to the door trying to sell you something. And then you go away and you walk into your partner. And who was that? They were at the door and they were trying to say, you're using them pronouns already. You've been using them all down through history. Why can't you use them now? Okay, will you make a mistake? Yes, you might. I said to Connor before I press record that I might make a mistake on the pronouns in this fucking podcast. Because as everyone knows who listens to me in the podcast, I always say to people, good woman or 100%, good man. I'm not emphasizing they're a woman or a man. I'm just saying good. So it would be a mistake to, 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 to say that to Connor. And if I do say that, it'll be staying in. I'll just be corrected. You know, it's, it's, most people are genuine. Most people want everyone to be happy in the world. Most people don't want anyone to be sad or feel bad. It's hard enough just to fucking survive. Like, you know what I mean? We should all try to help each other at all times and be more open and not be more accepting. We don't have to accept non-binary. We should automatically accept. They have to accept us. There is no they, there is no them. We're all the one human being, black, white, Protestant, Catholic. It's fucking gay, straight. Who gives a fuck? Everyone's a human being and everyone should try their best to love everyone else. Now that's my tuppence. Now for the proper answer. <laughs> Sorry for that rant. I just, it really pisses me off the way people can't just accept people the way they are. It drives me fucking mad. And I apologize for cursing, but I digress. Connor. Uh, that was a nice note to end it on, I think, Mark. Uh, just uh, accepting people and loving people for who they are. It's kind of something I've uh, started to kind of always kind of felt that people are people. You know, everybody deserves respect and everybody deserves to be valued as a human. Yeah. Um, I suppose speaking from my own experience, I can only speak from my own experience. Of being trans and being non-binary because as you as you described the gender as a spectrum outside of binary male and female there's so many different ways to experience being trans or experience being non-binary so gender i suppose is just it's such a uh, societal concept that when a child is born we automatically assume a gender to them and as you described the gender norms and the, the ex expectations of those genders and then I kind of, I guess, gender identity, as you described as well, it's, it's the feeling of your own gender, the gender that you are. And I think you made another really good point about pronouns that just kind of asking someone their pronouns is a really great thing to do. So before we started recording, you asked what pronouns I use. And I always appreciate when people do that because it kind of takes away the assumption. So I have my pronouns in my Zoom name because uh, I that's how I'm interacting with people a lot at the moment. It's mostly online stuff. But in the past, if I'd met people, say, at like Goldway Pride events, I would have said, oh, hi, my name is Connor. 
I use they, them, or he, him pronouns. What are your pronouns? So mm. it gives the person a chance to tell you their gender, and then you don't run into misgendering people or you know kind of making mm. people people feel uncomfortable. Because I suppose COVID in a way has been interesting in that everybody has been a lot more isolated and we haven't really been able to go out and see people in public and that. But I think for myself, I've taken a huge step back from socializing in a lot of different situations because I really always had a fear of being misgendered when I was out with like certain groups of friends or if I was out in a busy bar or... So I think in a sense, if things change in a positive way for that, it'll make it a lot more comfortable for, for trans and non-binary people. You know, um, like, uh, you know, on on the flip side, right? So, obviously, everyone should be able to, to be and express who they want to be. That isn't uh, us coming into the new age or it's not us being accepting. It should be power for the course from the start. That just should be never be any other way. Yeah. So, let's not think now because uh, we're having a conversation and, and um, we're respectful that we're doing something good. Everything should be like this from the start. Anyways, it should never be any other way. Yeah. Um, I... You will be um, uh, addressed with the wrong gender down to your life. I'm telling you that now for a fact, because uh, people don't know. So there, there, there's, I think there's three sets of people in this. There's the people who know, right? They're like non-binary people and very close friends around them and people who, who study it. Then there's people who are Neanderthals who will never know. The, the people who still think that there's something wrong with someone if if uh, you're not married with kids by the time you're 24, or someone who still thinks that there's a problem being homosexual, or someone, you know, absolute clowns. And then there's people in the middle. And I like to think that I'm in the middle, whereas I think it's hard enough just to survive. I want everyone to be happy, but I could easily make a mistake, you know? So if you're, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I would never make a mistake with you again because you've told me. But if I'm going about my life and a hundred people have told me and I walk into a room and there's 10 non-binary people, I, I won't remember. And I have a good memory. I won't remember because it's visual and you see what you see. Obviously, individually, when you're talking to someone, you'd never say it. And, you, you, you know, you try to be, you know, like, you, you know, like you call me Mark because that's my name. I call you Connor because that's your name. I identify as Mark. You identify as Connor. No problem. But just... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard for, even for me, it's hard, you know? Like, I could be sitting down and watching a program and people could be talking, like, a, a chat show about any chat show, but if it's about non-binary, I get confused after a while. And I'm just being honest, because, like, if I was to call them out by their gender after they'd finished the conversation, I wouldn't know who, I'd be afraid, you know? Like, obviously, I'd call them by their name, you know, but I'd very bad at, at uh, remembering names anyways. I'd be in, I'd, I'd get in awful trouble. So by being misgendered, if that's something you don't like going out that's going to bother you, you're probably going to have a hard time because it is going to happen, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Someone like me, for example, maybe mightn't even approach you because I'd be afraid of misgendering you, you know? So I'd be afraid. So there's two awkward people here who are genuinely sound. Sit down and have a pint together. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why isn't it okay to make a mistake? Why isn't, like, if someone come over to you and misgendered you, and I don't mean going over and just, like, just 
want to have a conversation with Miss Jenner. And he said, sorry, I go by this. Oh, my apologies. Off you go. How are things gone? Why can't that be the case? Mm-hmm. I'm asking. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, that's something. It's something. I, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't have the answer. Do you know what I mean? I'm genuinely asking you. Like, do, yeah, do, you know, it's something I've had. Um, yeah. Sorry, it's something I've had to work on myself that, that like, being, like, I suppose, brave enough to kind of, like, or not even brave, someone and say, oh, by the way, sorry, this is, the, these are the pronouns I use and kind of, you know, moving past it and just going back to having a conversation. Yeah. But you're going to meet people, Connor. Well, not you're going to, I'm sure you have. You're going to meet people when you say, well, these are the pronouns I go by, won't have a clue what you're talking about. They'll have never heard that expression before. They'll say, well, what is that person talking about? And mm-hmm. you can't spend all day sitting down explaining yourself. You just have to walk away from that situation. But I think most people, most people you meet, I think, are okay. The, um, am I wrong? Is, 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 like, how do you find when you do bring up how you like to be addressed to people, your pronouns? Um, it's usually fine, yeah. I think one place I had kind of, um, I kind of, as you said, kind of nearly just had to leave it or like just kind of move on was I worked in customer service the year before last over Christmas and I used to get misgendered all the time. Um, I think like just being able to like know that the person that like used like she or her when talking about me, just like, as you said, they had no idea. It's like there probably wasn't much of a, case from me going over and you know like mm. telling every single customer that I met in the shop so I kind of I suppose I've just had to I have over the last while gained a lot of peace in myself and I'm so happy in myself and where I am mm. that being able to interact with people in the world regardless of you know as you said kind of being more comfortable about going out and stuff um, it has helped just having that sense of yeah. inner happiness and kind of knowing myself <laughs> and knowing that the person isn't doing it intentionally. If it's a case yeah. of like I correct someone and they continue to misgender me, I'll probably just, you know, I'll just leave or I'll just, I won't feel safe in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, um, no, I, 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 I get that, you know, but like <clears throat> sometimes. I know it's it's not the case, but like sometimes it's it's like um like even the way you said they're like yeah wouldn't mind going out um and if someone misgendered you and you told them and then if they kept misgendering you then you'd walk away like you can get the impression and I know it's not true but like what I'm doing here now is I I always play devil's advocate like you, you can get the impression like that sometimes it's like someone who's non-binary steps outside the house and say and, and the, all they have in their mind have nothing else in their mind only is i'm non-binary and every single person who approaches me is either trying to misgender me is trying to miss the when in actual fact nobody gives a fiddler's fuck you know they're walking about and if they do misgender you it's by accident when you tell them that they should use the right pronoun and then i agree with you if they don't well fuck them then they're gone like you know but it it it, it, it just seems a very sometimes you know, like I've come across situations like that in in my life, and it's always kept, but it's very very aggressive. Like you know, oh, why do I, like I, I'm not even angry. Like you know what I mean? I'm just trying to go about my life and I'm trying to enjoy myself. The last thing I want to do is annoy anybody else. Jesus Christ, it's hard enough just to survive as we spoke about already. The last thing you want is someone that's annoyed with you, like or or, or hurting somebody, God forbid, unintentionally. 
I don't know where I don't know where we're going. Like, I mean, I don't know where we're going to go. I can understand uh, non-binary, no problem. I can understand how people can feel like that. Um, I wouldn't. I'm male. I'm straight. I wouldn't consider myself doing all the male endeavors at all whatsoever. I love sitting down in. I love uh, like I don't have any children. I'd love to have a child. I love sitting down, hold my uh, sister's children and mothering them. Um, no problem. I like feeding them. I like babysitting them. I like bringing them for ice cream. I like sitting down talking to them. I, I like I'm very kind to animals. I'm not aggressive and masculine and all that. Um am I non-binary then? Like, do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know what I mean? That's the thing. No. And and if I was, yeah. I wouldn't give a fiddler's fuck. You know what I mean? It's just it's 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 very, very hard. And I do understand that um things are getting better, but they're not getting better quick enough as far as I'm as far as I can see. Like it's very, very hard for you, you know. Yeah, even with Demi Lovato uh, coming out as non-binary recently, it just shows how uh, people are kind of becoming more aware of it or kind of kind of learning more about themselves and learning more about how their gender can yeah. be uh, against, say, the binary or kind of out as like non-binary. But I think kind of going back to something you were saying about um, uh, announcing yourself kind of as non-binary to like lots of people, I think, it it differs person it differs person to person definitely and I think for me the reason that I tell people is because if I get continuously misgendered like it just reminds me so much of the dysphoria which is the discomfort that I felt while I was still figuring out my gender and kind of having to shove myself into that box of female I think mm. misgendering definitely triggers that in me and that's why I don't feel safe in situations so as you were saying, like if correct people and if people are cool with that, which generally most people are, it's great. But yeah, hopefully yeah. things are kind of getting better. Ireland is quite progressive, I think, in a lot of different yeah. ways. Uh, yeah. But there's definitely still a lot of work that needs to be done. There is. There's so much work that needs to be done. It is very progressive. Look, there's people who are morons, you know, um, and you just like you, you just can't change everyone's mind like there's 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 people that i know will be watching a football match in a pub i'm huge into my football and uh who do you follow more manchester united oh same yeah oh <laughs> but like let's say like one of our black players take a shot and the miss like the a person in the pub could roar oh you're black so and so you know like mm-hmm. yeah that's not acceptable like now, can you imagine you coming in and trying to have a conversation? Oh, I, I, uh, I fucking identify as 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 fucking day. He just say, "What are you talk?" And you'll never convince them if you had a hundred years to sit down with them on a chair face to face. You won't convince them because they're morons, absolute morons. There's nothing you can do. And people say, "Well, you shouldn't be calling people." I don't give a fuck. They're morons. We all know they're morons. There's morons everywhere that you'll never. Like to think someone like you might have your feelings hurt because of a moron actually annoys me, you know. And it annoys me a bit with you as well because yeah. you shouldn't be worrying about what a, a moron thinks. It's worse on you and me. Like, like I don't worry. Like, I get abuse here the whole time on this. I used to stutter when I was younger all the time, okay? I had a really bad stutter in school. I could barely put two fucking sentences together. Sometimes I still do it, but I never edit it out if I do it. I get an email mm-hmm. from the same guy every so often saying, oh, you're stuttering, it's a disgrace, it's a this. At no point did I ever sit back and go, oh, when I was younger, that was very hard. And now I'm, I don't give a fuck what that person said. Why would I? Why would I? Yeah. I'm not saying you should do the same. I'm just saying that's what I do. But I'm saying like, um, 
you know, these people live in the world and there's nothing you can do about it. And for you to stop enjoying yourself or doing things that you like because you may run into these people, that's a problem, you know. And actually, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll change what I said. It's not that you may run into them. You will run into them at some stage. So will I. So will yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, you know, someone asked them, um, you know, if, if someone was asked the question, what is it like to be non-binary? What's the answer? Same as everything else. Fucking boring, probably, you know? Just a normal life. Uh, it's, I think it's fantastic because I think I've, I'm in a place where I've got a full, almost a full, not a full understanding because I don't think you can ever have a full understanding of yourself. And like, I think you learn and grow so much as a person, but I've got like a really great understanding of myself as a person. And I think having to come on this journey over the last few years, it's like, and being able to love myself unconditionally, it's, it's incredible. Like, yeah, that's a superpower. But it's also quite boring in that, in that I sit in my bedroom working. Yeah. <laughs> so, Connor, I have a question. Um, what would you say or what would your advice be to a person, whether it be a teenager or someone your age or my age or older, sitting at home who has watched some of my podcasts and maybe likes them and who has felt that they didn't fit into a box at any stage. Is there any advice you could give them? Um, is there anything, is there any, what, what, I'm not sure what, like, what advice can you give them? Come out and say who you are, but sure, what if you're married with five kids, you know? It's a hard one. Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing I'd say is just, um, it's okay to be feeling how you're feeling. Um, I think sometimes a lot of people, just even outside of um, gender or LGBT stuff, kind of really struggle with the feelings that they're having. Um, instead of, I think, try as much as you can to accept that you might be feeling a certain way and kind of be really self-compassionate. So give yourself as much compassion as you can in that you only have one you at the end of the day and you kind of need to be there for yourself so if you feel that you're struggling with your gender identity or that you might be trans or non-binary find that one person in your life that you can reach out to that one person that you trust and that even if it's a case that you only tell that one person and don't talk to anybody else about it for years just share it and give yourself the opportunity to talk about it that's amazing that you've said that because uh, literally word for word that's my advice to someone who has depression literally word for word um yeah. i always say look after yourself first don't be too you know find that one person and i always say then that if the person you tell doesn't they're not reciprocating the way you'd like well then tell someone else until eventually you get someone mm-hmm. who has a brain in their head you know but then again look we can't be too hard on people either because Maybe in 20 years' time, it'll just be people will understand. At the moment, people aren't really sure, you know. Like, I look, mm-hmm. as, as, yeah. as I said, off air, I said to Connor that I'd probably get the pronouns wrong, you know. Um, as it turns out, I didn't, but it never even came up. But I, I could have easily, but it wouldn't have been no badness or anything. Um, mm-hmm. So, look, I think we'll leave it there. I just want to say, look, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for, um, thanks for sharing your story because, look, Obviously, you know your story already, and there's no real advantage 
to you to share your story. And I know you're doing it that if somebody else is in the same situation for them to hear you talking about it. And I think that's good because you're giving back without expecting anything for it. And I really like people like that. I think you're a good egg. Thanks, Mark. Thanks very much for asking me on as well. It was really nice to chat to you. Yeah. We'll must try and meet up for a pint at some stage and at Lowen. Yeah. I'd love to catch up with Laura as well. And you know. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks very much. All the best. Bye bye. See you, Connor. See you. Hey, how are things? This is just a quick message to say thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast so far. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through PayPal. You can find us at paypal.me forward slash clockworkjunkie. That's paypal.me forward slash clockworkjunkie. Thank you.